Well, yes. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Internet, World, YouTube, Facebook, and a warm welcome to you, Ryan. Well, Josh, welcome to you as well. Thank you. Thank you yes. very much. It is good to see you. It is good to see you. Welcome, everybody, to our Vitology podcast, as it says right above me, if you're watching us on on the uh, the screen of somehow, some some format, YouTube or Facebook. You're joining us on the podcast. I want to say thank you so much for finding us. I believe I'm supposed to tell people to rate, review, like, hit the ding button or whatever they call it. They always say <laughs> that. <Ding laughs> That's what all the YouTubers say. Is it? I'm just trying to be one of the YouTubers. Oh, Ryan. gosh. Hit the ding button. Let's, be, yeah. let's be YouTubers. <laughs> oh, man. The, uh, That's like, awesome. Click the bell, I think is how they say it. Okay. That's how the kids these days. Ring that bell. Ring. You can ring my bell. I don't think that's the right. No, I don't well. think the YouTubers are saying no. That. <laughs> They're probably not. They are uh, definitely not. So that's shouldn't. you know. There you go. There you go. I don't think I'm. I you know we don't say that a lot because uh, this is a this is a podcast about life and about having life to the full and that's why we call it Vitology, which is the study of life and uh, and so we talk about sermons and everything. So that's why we don't really care if you you know ring the bell or whatever that is um because we're not we're not making any money on this by any means and so um we just want to be a, a resource to to you to our church to anyone else listening out there uh we want to be some uh, maybe a little entertainment as well okay that you know that's not bad um but we want to help you think think well about about this journey of life and and uh and hopefully point you to jesus yeah that's why we always say there's no questions are off limits exactly you know, we're willing to address any questions that you have. So bring them on questions at efcc.org. Or if you're listening live, you can comment in the chat. Yeah. Uh, anywhere on yeah. YouTube or on Facebook. I know sometimes, so, sometimes people just email us. Sometimes people do. text us. Sometimes people stop us. Like, I mean, I've been stopped um, and just said, Oh, can you guys talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, I'm, I'm starting to, okay. And you know who you are if you're listening, Matt. Um, uh, I've started to put together a list of the books that you've recommended. Oh, right on. Um, because cool. there's been a few people who are like, I I want to know. Cool. Because uh, they need a reading list. And so we'll get to that segment later. Yes. Um, which is, you know, so creatively titled. You'll get to that. <laughs> Ryan brought a book. But anyway, um, yeah, this is, a, this is a good time. And so today we're going to be talking about some things that has brought up a lot of conversation. Yeah, it seems like it has. This little tiny series. In a good way. In a great way. I, it, here we are. We're talking about a series that uh, that, that we've done um, over the last couple of weeks, the last two weeks, on on one of the shortest books of the Bible. It's actually the third shortest book of the Bible. Um, there's two shorter books in the New Testament. Uh, those have Second John and Third John. Third John, yeah. And I can't remember the order of which is shorter now that I think about it. But they're within a few verses of each other. And uh, and sure enough, Philemon is the third. <laughs> right on. Um, and uh, and yet, this is the thing. This little tiny book that has often been forgotten. So many people have come up to me and said, "Like I don't really remember reading that book," or "I've skipped over that or book." When did they put that in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> it's been in for a long time, long time. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing about Philemon. I don't know if you sort of saw this too and and even maybe wrestled with it we named a book uh our study of the book the anatomy of forgiveness yes. and it doesn't mention the word no exactly once. oh yeah 
Yeah. It doesn't mention the word reconciliation once. Yes. It, and so there is a sense that either we're reading it wrong or it's intentionally subversive and cryptic. And uh, it's, I would argue, yeah. it is subversive in its very nature. And so there are, there's subtleties, there's winks, there's nods that are a part of Philemon. And we did our best to try to give language to those and draw them out a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Well, because this is not teaching on forgiveness. So, right. so Paul was not writing to say this, this is how you forgive. Um, now he may have been, I think he was modeling it. But Most but you definitely. wouldn't you wouldn't say, hey, Philemon, I'm going to teach you how to forgive right now, and then go about, or you know, I'm going to teach you how to forgive Onesimus. So, um, this is what I want you to do step by step. Um, that gets just gets into all those things that we've talked about that that forgiveness isn't. You cannot compel it. Yeah. You can't be like controlled, and you can't force it on anybody. So here he is. He's modeling something, and so that's exactly what. I think what he's doing is I mean, he teaches us a lot in this. Oh, he does. And just to to defend us a little bit, <laughs> we're we're certainly not the only ones who oh, would no, have no, no. who'd framed this letter that that way. That, yeah. That's probably the most common way to teach it, to talk about it. And and so we're not alone in that. But it is interesting that that word is not mentioned explicitly anywhere in this letter. No, yeah. The short yeah, little letter. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, reconciliation is not either nope. and yet it is clearly about two people reconciling and so that that's where you know that is. this is this is very much now very much a a powerful letter because in that world what paul is asking on many levels is profound is is powerful uh, the, i love the the idea of a of a time bomb yeah. right that that on, I mean, I could see see on many levels you could talk about this as a as as putting in a time bomb time bomb to to destroy slavery mm -hmm. one day, right? So in this, it's just it's putting an end to that. But really, on like kind of classism in a sense, like because you could teach a bunch on this on you know on uh, on how people see each other um, differently, value each other different differently, and here a slave and a master mm -hmm. probably the two biggest extremes in that time right yeah, yeah. um sadly well, one of the uh, yeah. it's the that's the I, I would argue that one of at least the three which is why paul and galatians would say you know ah, slave nor free yeah. jew nor greek male nor female yes. that there were and right the a prayer that a jewish man would often say is yeah. you know god thank you for not making me a gentile thank you for making not making me a slave thank yeah, you for not right. making me a female right? right that's the way that they would pray and so those are the three distinct categories that the gospel intentionally breaks down and this draws out one of those for yes. us in in really like quite uh poignant detail in yeah. a lot of ways yeah absolutely absolutely and so it's about as far as an extreme as you can get and yet he brings them together so he's just ah. Uh, just dropping that that time bomb to to give us and and that idea comes that um it, it's like the it didn't it didn't explode the institution there no right it's not like it's not like a a 335 word letter um written to a slave owner is going to end an institution right i mean a that just wasn't his purpose 
but what it did was kind of give the ammunition and like you know i don't know um the the bomb was ticking and yep. the more we think about it the more we read it within within scripture then because that that as it got part of scripture it became the grounds for um for that institution ending absolutely absolutely so that which is which is really cool um so anyway that we're jumping in already a little bit to this and um, i want to say hi connie connie is joining us oh she says hi connie it's good to hear from you is you are well great to see you and so um so yes like you said um this idea of anatomy anatomy of forgiveness that yeah. was your that was your idea yeah i sort right? of wanted to like I, I wanted us to jump in and dig around in yeah. forgiveness and and sort of slice it and dice it and try to look at it from some different angles i love it i love it so week one was really sort of a theological construct and um and then week two was a little bit more of a practical what does this look like in our daily lives yeah, exactly so well um i i did get you know i got credit because i mean i i preached the first sermon which i so someone someone said this to me and i was like oh I didn't get that. <laughs> so, and I don't know if you did either. <laughs> the anatomy of forgiveness is, it, it's as if it's this, um, like a physical body language mm -hmm. about, and even on the imagery, we had a human body yep. there and talking about um, forgiveness. And what she pointed out to me was that as a body, this is something as a church body, we need to deal with forgiveness at times. Oh, yeah, that was not intentional. See, okay. That's good, I thought though. either. That's good. Either Ryan is is a lot smarter than I thought. No, I'm, no, I'm not as smart as you think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, or it was um, that was just that was a great observation she had. Um, that we didn't we didn't really dive into too much. We could have. Yeah. Yeah. We really could have That's because true. that is what that is what this is about. And um, and one of the things I I noticed in those early passages is this is apparently to paul this is a very communal thing right that was a <laughs> right. great observation that you made josh like this isn't like hey philemon take this read this in your room Just and personally. then go execute on it it's no. read it to the whole church yes like let the church read your mail quite yes. literally absolutely and then hold you accountable to live out what paul is subtly Yes. nudging him towards absolutely yeah. yeah subtly not so subtly right i could compel you but i'm not going to and yes. charge it to my account but let's not talk about how much you owe me yes yes <laughs> i could i could compel you to do what is required right yeah. not, not just what i suggest oh by the way what is required by you you know there's so many things in here but all that to say that this has i, I mean i've had tons of people talk to me about um Sometimes they, they've talked to me about, well, how much this passage, this, this study has meant to them, this idea of forgiveness. There's a lot of people who have um, forgiveness issues, let's just say, okay, yeah. uh, of which I am one of them, okay? I mean, I think this is, this is one of those universal things. And yet we, I think we think that forgiveness is, is almost one of those basic things. But uh, I think it, it could have been one of those basic things that we, you know, we heard about, talked about once, but then we just don't talk about enough. I think we make a lot of assumptions. Maybe that's a good point. You know? Um, yeah. And I, I do think it's important to keep coming back to, uh, one of the things that I said, or at least intended to say, I don't know if I said it all services, but I said, the truth is Philemon could be written in most friendships, marriages, uh, and families that yeah. this whole idea of receive him or her yeah. and welcoming someone back or forgiveness in general 
is something that is very, very applicable in almost every one of our lives. Yes. So yes. That, I think that that is um, one of the reasons it resonates is because in so many ways, it's it's our story too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, anyway, this, this is one of those, um, it, this could have been a, a longer, a longer series. In hindsight, yes. It really could have. Now, I guess you could kind of say that about about a, a lot of a lot of scripture, right? I mean, you know, uh, just about any passage you can go into. Do more. you think anybody will say that after we're done teaching First Corinthians for a year? <laughs> I this, mean, you know, anybody's gonna go. This could have been a longer series. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. we're gonna split it up. It's, it's gonna, gonna be gonna fresh. Be. It's gonna be. We're actually. I think both of us are really excited I about know. where we're going with I that. Know. But, sorry, I think, sort of joke. I think but. once again, you'd be surprised because there's yeah. a few passages in there that we're looking point. at that are quite long. That's a, that's a great point. And, uh, and yet there's a few that are quite difficult too. So this is some of the most difficult, in the some New of Testament the most, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's going to be, that's going to be a great series. Um, and, and well, that's one of the things I, I love about this church. I love about people listening to this is that, that it's a church that just loves scriptures and love diving into them. And, and I, I just love how people have, have, uh, have been made aware of a book that they just hadn't thought much about. Yeah. And so this has been, this has been fun. I feel I mean, like, I feel like every year we should try to teach through a one chapter book, at least as long as we can. Right? Like, like, like Jude, maybe next Jude is one of Jude, those like, Jude. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mind blowing books. Anyway. All right. All right. Maybe that's next. Yeah. At some point. I actually, I haven't heard a series on third John ever. I, so, <laughs> I may do one and find out why. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. Habakkuk. It's a pretty small one. It's, small. Know, it's not three, yeah, chapters. three chapters. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Is that the smallest in the Old Testament? You know, I'd have. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. Good. No. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, Carolyn has joined us. Hello, Carolyn. Good afternoon to you as well. And um, all right. Well, now. Um, so let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit. Okay. Um, cause this was part two, like you said, a little bit more, a little bit more practical. You talked about the time bomb that this is, um, yep. because I, I think it was wise to go back and kind of reaffirm that, uh, the slavery issue, just in case somebody is, is tuning in for the first time. Yeah. That's one of those yeah. ones that is so challenging about this letter. Right. Um, and so, yeah, my thought is, Hey, if you missed last week, I don't want you to miss this part yeah. of like what we talked about and why. Um, so I, what I, the way I said it is similar to the way that you said it was, I said, Paul didn't outright condemn the practice of slavery, but in the short little letter, he planted a time bomb inside of it. that would eventually help to story it from the inside out. This letter isn't so much about the institution of slavery as it is about finding freedom from the slavery of bitterness, unforgiveness, and anger. Yes. And so that, that was really, I wanted to help us, think about the letter in in the way that they may have thought about it when it was first written. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's really good. Yep. And so so but then um this is where the the letter from that point on gets into a little bit more of the of the process. Yeah. Of forgiveness, right? Yep. Of the um you know, it's not it's not a it's not a, a you know formula that you follow necessarily. Um and, and yet it's definitely a, a wise formula that that Paul follows there in right. a sense or or not a formula once again, it, but it's, it's a process that he follows. That was, that was brilliant. Um, and so 
tell us a little bit about that. And, and you also define forgiveness, which was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So I just said forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from an obligation to you that is a result of a wrong done against you. Yes. Um, and I think one of our questions that was sent in wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper and sort of try to nuance that out a little bit. So we can wait until we go through those questions okay. or, um, but yeah, that was our, that was the way we defined forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to really make the point that this is, and you made the same point, Josh, that this is ultimately for our good. Forgiveness seems yeah. hard um, and it is. And we talked about why it's difficult, but ultimately like a lot of things that are difficult, it's, it's ultimately for our good. So we said the process of forgiveness is a pathway to freedom. Yeah. And I think, you know, for our podcast listeners, I'd want to say, I would want, I'd want to even, I would want to push that even further to say, I'm not sure we grow beyond our level of forgiveness. I think forgiveness, Ooh. I think lack of forgiveness creates a cap on our growth that we simply cannot get beyond, regardless of how hard we try our growth as followers of Jesus, certainly, but I think even as human beings mm. in general, that our maturity, um, and our joy mm. is capped by our willingness to forgive. Interesting. And in, in that, and in, in what you're saying is not not just our, because I, I think we often think about forgiveness as our, as what's been done for us, mm -hmm. right? I, I don't I don't think there's, um, most of us see it that way. But what you're getting at is that if we're not people who are forgiving, we're not going to. We're not going to continue to grow mm -hmm. um, the way we should. And interesting that you say that because the uh, forgiveness is grace, right? So th this is where I mean it's it's a one of the many ways that we experience God's grace. Mm -hmm. And so um, as we experience that grace, we're it's supposed to be passed on yep. to people, right? Um, and what better way to pass that on than forgiveness? Right. And in a sense, that if the more we we offer grace the more we can grow in grace yeah and yeah. so the the more we we offer forgiveness you're saying is the more that we we grow in 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 grace also but in mm -hmm. in in our our understanding of our own forgiveness um but just growing as a as people as followers of Jesus I, that's interesting so it i, I think huh. it's a pathway to freedom and and one of the ways that i saw that reflected was in this Romans 12 text and where Paul says, repay no one evil for evil. So don't that idea of revenge when somebody wrongs you, our, our initial response would probably be repay, get yes. angry, get even. Yes, right. Exactly. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible. So far as it depends on you live peaceably with all. Yes. And I think Paul, and I think Paul is very intentional with the language there <laughs> guided by the Holy spirit to say one, it, if, if possible, it's not always possible, yeah. right? As far as it depends on you, it doesn't only depend on you. Hmm. And his scope hmm. that he has That's in good. mind is peaceably with, with everyone. There's mm -hmm. not a person that God wants you to repay. Yeah. And, and then he'll finish that up by saying, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yes. And um, like if we put all that together, the desire to repay evil for evil Huh. actually is a weight that yes. is on our shoulders that prevents us from being victorious or overcomers yes. in in this life 
so that's the idea that I'm coming back to. Yeah, with, that, yeah. that whole we don't grow beyond our, our ability to forgive. Yeah. Uh, if that if we're holding on to repaying and revenge, then we are essentially holding on to being defeated. Yes, and and what he's saying is that that in a sense we're holding on to evil. We're being we're overcome holding, by the overcome evil. Overcome by evil. We're evil is wow. winning. And so that's that that huh. that goes back to that very first point that I made um about that we don't get to choose what's if we're wronged in this life. We only get to choose how we respond to the wrong. That's right. I like how Connie look at how Connie says it. If we don't give it, if we don't forgive, it'll consume us. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. That that's a great um I, I like that word consume, consume is is actually uh very similar to a word that Paul uses yeah. um in Galatians chapter six. Let me see if I can find it okay. really quick here. Um I like that because if we you know that's that it it will it will overcome us is mm -hmm. what is what he's getting at. So he says for the he says this is uh chapter six verse eight for the one who sows to his own flesh. So he's already told us what yeah. how we sow to the flesh yep, yep, uh, yep. the deeds of the flesh, flesh right um are things like revelry and uh, there's yeah. all the words like all the <laughs> drunkenness impurity and, sensuality and idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger yeah. right so this idea uh, uh and then he says so if you sow for whoever sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption got it yeah so and he's not talking about like eternal corruption in this context what he's talking about is the kind of life you're going to live yeah. is a life that as connie said consumes us really from the inside out totally totally it's in in that reap and sowing right whatever you you put into the system is yes. what is going to grow out of it right um and so you you put in all of those things um even unforgiveness yeah in there and what's going to come out of it is more unforgiveness and all the pain yeah, involved it. Yeah. If you plant bitterness, destruction, right? As Jessica says. Yeah. yeah that's right. Destruction. Yes. That's right. Yeah. That's what's going to come out, mm -hmm. hmm. which makes this whole topic um, not incidental, right? No. Yeah. Right. It's pretty huge. Absolutely. In fact, I mean, I don't, we, we kind of hinted at this, but there's so many times throughout. No, we more than hinted at it. We we said it, but but it's almost conditional. Mm -hmm. We didn't say it this way, mm -hmm. um, but it sounds like the way Jesus talks about forgiveness, it almost sounds as if. No, no. Let me say it more clear. It definitely sounds as if if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, Jesus messes with our soteriology yes. there. Certainly, <laughs> right? You know, he does. Um, yeah. Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, with a footnote, <laughs> by the way. By the way, you got to forgive. Yeah, yeah. You know, got some thoughts on that, but yeah, do you have that? <laughs> I mean, it's you're just quoting Matthew 18, 35. Yeah. So also my heavenly, heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Yes. Right? So essentially, yes. he's saying, if you don't forgive you're not going to be forgiven. Yes. You're going to be cast into the outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes. Yes. So there's that. There is that if you if you don't forgive and here's you know this is uh this is one of those things that um I yeah I don't I don't think he's putting on another 
another, uh, oh, uh, I guess I could ask you this. Um, <laughs> well, what do you do with that? Let me ask you first. And then, <laughs> um, because it, is it another, is it another, is it a condition, an actual condition as if, you know, okay, somebody who's, you know, who's trusting Jesus and yet they're holding on to that thing. No, I don't think, I think it's, it's, um, I don't think it's an extra condition. I think it's an extra, uh, litmus test or dial on our car to realize like, are we, how fully are we believing and trusting in the way of Jesus? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it helps us recognize what's going on in our own yes. soul because we can easily deceive ourselves right into thinking, Jesus, I do trust you. Yeah. I really do trust you. And he goes, great. Um, then forgive those yeah. who wrong you yeah. and pray for those who persecute you yes. and bless those yes. who take advantage of you. Yes. Right? That, like, if you believe me, if you trust me, if you're following me, then this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, and this gets to what we're believing in. Right. See, I think, and we, we get so sidetracked in a sense that we're believing for myself. We're believing about, you know, some, some future state or believing so that I can be in heaven, things like that, which, you know, not a bad thing, right? But um, as if that is the only thing, but we're also believing that God is the judge who can take care of all the wrongs, right? So right. I don't have to go and make someone feel terrible for the rest of their life for something bad they did. I don't have to get even with them. Um, it's allowing God to be God. Yeah. And it's as if that, and it's a very, very like, um, very clear way where we can step back and allow God to be God by offering the same forgiveness that we've received. Yeah. And I think sometimes yeah. the word faith can be uh, a bit ambiguous and challenging for us. Uh, yeah. Right. So I think um, the, in the Greek, it's typically the word pistis and it mm -hmm. could also be translated trust yeah like so to believe in so. jesus we often think of like cognitive i agree with you jesus mm -hmm. on a if we had a multiple choice test i would circle forgive is the right answer yes right and he's going wonderful but i don't think that's what faith actually totally. means i think i think sometimes a better word is trust yes so yeah when we trust we actually believe that Jesus is correct about the nature of reality mm -hmm. and we align our lives and our decisions with it. Right. So if I have faith or trust Jesus, yep. I am going to do what he says. And one of the things he says is to love my enemies and to forgive those who wrong me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So either I have faith in Jesus or I don't, but that's one of the ways we can tell where we stand with him. That's right. That's right. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's helpful or not, yeah, but I, so I think so. I, I think I definitely, yeah. I mean, cause that, that, that takes it from being another, like another act that we do. It's a part of what it means to be trusting God. Yes. You know, that, that is just, that's, that's, that's where I was trying to go with that idea that forgiving people, forgive people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's kind of what the, what the family does. Right. Um, it, there's a, there's a way of talking about rules and regulations. Like saying that in like a mafia act. <laughs> it's what the family what the fam does. <laughs> family forgives. You know, but that it there are certain things that um, I, Jesus seems to be very clear about, right? That this is what it looks like when you walk in his ways, mm -hmm. right? When you live out his ways. Now that is um, 
we could look at those in two different ways. We could say these are a requirement to get in, mm -hmm. um, which I think a lot of people have um, as a condition. So God doesn't love you if you're not these things. Okay? Instead, if it's an overflow of what, you know, what he's done in us. Yeah. Right. So that what he's the grace he's given us. Right. It, it flows out. It looks like this, mm -hmm. you know, and now and to be clear, it looks like this imperfectly right it Correct. looked like that perfectly in jesus yeah right he was forgiving um man they they're on the cross and he's forgiving people right i mean stuff that that um um yeah we we would try to do but it, it's not it doesn't have to be perfect I'm not telling you if you're you know if you're holding on and having a hard time forgiving which a lot of people are yeah um of which we're yep there also because yep. i loved how you had us think about people that we were forgiving because we need to forgive. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing you even thought of doing that because you know, yeah, it was helpful you, you two are a human. Planning it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and that's where, that's where um, we're, we're not doing it perfectly, but we're trying to walk in his ways. Right. Trying to lean into that. And um, I, I read a book a while back. I don't think I've shared it on a hmm. Ryan brought right. book, but Ooh. it's uh called uh the unshakable kingdom by e stanley jones yes okay. and in it yeah. one of the things he brilliantly did in this book was he talked about the way that the way of jesus is um in alignment with reality ah. as if to say like forgiveness forgive those who wrong you um isn't just a teaching of jesus it's a way to align ourselves and our bodies with the way that god has designed the world to work which is to say it is uh, objectively better to forgive your enemies and to forgive those who wrong you than mm. it is to hold mm. on to bitterness against them. And what's yeah. interesting about that is I think we could dive into the neuroscience. I think we could dive into the biology. And I think what we'd find is mm. that Jesus was right. It's better. It's, it's better holistically for us. It doesn't, it's not better because it's Christian. It's better because it's true. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think anybody that has held on to bitterness and listen, we there there's a number of reasons that people do that. We can talk about the, that later on. There's reasons that I've done that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you were to talk to people who have both held on to bitterness and were able to let go of bitterness, mm -hmm. I think that they would say it's better to let go. Yeah. And Dallas absolutely. Fillard once, say, once said, if Jesus knew of a better way, he would have been all about it. He would. <laughs> he would have been all for it as if to say I love it. he doesn't teach it. it because it's his idea. He teaches it to align us with yep. the way he created the world to work, which I yep. guess means it's his idea, but it, it, <laughs> totally. It, but it's not, um, does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Yeah. It's not true he because it. he teaches it. He teaches it because, because it's, it's true. true. Yes. That, that's which a better is, which is a, it. which is a huge distinction. I mean, Jesus isn't just deciding to like, oh, I know I'm going to make up a rule. Right. Or make up a, a new way of doing things just because I want people to do this. Right. I mean, right. It's, it's not these arbitrary things. No, it is actually fits in with reality. Yeah. The way the world works, which is which is huge, which is why it has power, which is why um, it's so different than anything else. Which I, is if you're going, OK, come on, you guys, that sounds like new agey or whatever. I, I would just simply say, re read John chapter eight, verses yeah, 31 yeah. to 32. Yeah. And um, and all you have to do is read Jesus talking about truth and truth is what's it's real. Exactly. 
And he says, if you're my disciples, you'll abide in my word. You will know the truth. You will know reality. And that reality will set you set free. You free. Right, set you free. And this is one of those truths. Yeah. It's better to forgive than it is to hold, be, be be bitter. Yeah, that ends up setting you free. Yeah, that's why the process of forgiveness is a pathway to freedom. That's right. That's right. As, as Jessica says, the Jesus is reality. Or as uh, I, you know, it's watching my favorite show and my favorite show right now. I probably shouldn't really admit this. This is my mm. favorite show, but. Because there's a lot of bad language in it, so I apologize, everybody. It's Ted Lasso, though. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh. So they they quoted. Now someone else has said this. We may have said it here, or you may have said it that the truth will will set you free, but but it'll it'll make you really mad at first before it does, right? <laughs> they said it slightly. Uh, uh, somebody, slightly I think it was less. in um, Comer's book. He said oh, yeah, yeah. the truth, or he he quoted somebody saying the truth will set you free. But it will have its way with you first. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they said it with a little more um, on Ted Lasso, you know, a little more creativity that I won't say here. But um, yeah, and 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 yet it's so true. I was like, I, that was funny. Um, I was watching it with my wife, and I was like, ah, that's Jesus, because she said the truth will set you free. And then she said this extra part, and it will, it will peeve you. Yeah, uh, we'll say it that way. Um, uh, before before it does that's so true that's but true. um but I, I think carolyn was on fire here because this is something of what we're saying if if i believe that jesus carried all my sins on the cross why mm. would i not believe that jesus carried theirs too now i think we can get it why because <laughs> there are a lot of reasons um but it, instead of going you know why wouldn't we um i think inherent in some of the some of the process that you recommended are some of the reasons, right? Because the first yeah. one even. Yeah, ascribe value. Ascribing value to someone who has wronged you. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's not easy. Yeah, because it's a lot easier um, to be bitter, to retaliate, etc. if we first dehumanize. Yeah. Right? And, yes. and so that's, you typically see this, especially in systematic types of oppression that, there's a dehumanization that Oof. goes on of the other. Oh yeah. And it then frees us to treat them however we want. Yes. And without, without, you know, we have to sear our conscience to do that, I would argue, but without affecting us too deeply because, well, they deserve it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, mm. and so I think to ascribe value is, uh, sometimes a really challenging process, especially when we've been wronged deeply, mm -hmm. but one that, um, Philemon, challenges or paul challenges philemon to live out when he says consider him a brother exactly exactly so yeah he you know he even kind of does that play on his name that yeah he is of value useful he's useful right yeah he's gonna yep. be valuable to you absolutely and that that's where oh that's where it is so easy it is so easy to focus on the wrong yeah instead oh. of focusing on um uh well on their value inherent value but also even on the the potential like maybe they meant this for good or giving people benefit of the doubt those kind of things man assuming the best oh, yeah yeah it's, it's hard or even um and this isn't a value piece but i think uh i often try to think of the fact that man if i had grown up like this person and had the experiences that they had I may yeah. believe the same things they believed. Yep. Right. Or even do the same things that they've done. Yeah. Right? There's, oh my goodness. Like I think back on people that have, have wronged me 
and um, and not making excuses for why they did what they did, but can see, okay, there was things going on in their life that caused them to make the decisions they made. Yep. And I'm not, I don't want to be above that to the extent that I'd say, I certainly would have done something different. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if we can get to that place and, and describe value, even to people that have wounded us deeply, I think we're at least positioned to keep moving down yep. the path of forgiveness. Yep. Oh my goodness. That's so true. I, so there's a, a group that I'm a part of, um, that, uh, is called the and campaign kind of a, mm. we're doing these things, um, these conversations around race. Oh my goodness. They're so, they're so beautiful. But, but one of the things, um, one of the things people, this, this guy, he's a pastor, white pastor pointed out that I thought was brilliant. He says, everyone today, he says, all of his, all of his, all of his white friends, they assume that they, they would be ones who would have been marching with Dr. King, right? Because today we all see that like, oh, all that oppression, all those yeah. wrongs were bad. And we, we see how terrible that was. But the fact of the matter is, if we would have grown up in those times with those, you know, in those institutions, um, with those parents, all those things, we, we might have might have been just like those people and so we we judge other people without stepping in their shoes yeah and that that's that's not ascribing ascribing value to them to their experience right and 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 yes things were wrong but who are we right who am i to think that i'm all that much better yeah right oh that was that was powerful in fact uh, i i love uh, this is where um, miroslav wolf's quote was yeah. oh my goodness that's a convicting one yeah, forgiveness flounders because I exclude the enemy from the community of humans. Gee. Like that dehumanize. Dehumanize, right? yeah. Even as I exclude myself from the community of sinners. Exactly. So I dehumanize the other and then I deify myself. Yes. Right? Like I am, I'm above any sort of wrongs. That, oh, yeah. And I, I uh, as I walked back through that, uh, some of that book last week in preparation, Oh my goodness, that the, his book that I'll talk about in okay, a few minutes okay, okay, good. is just so good. Yeah. So good. And he writes from firsthand experience, right? Like, so he's a Croatian. He's yeah. involved in, wow. his family's involved yeah, in right. the Bosnian Yugoslavian War or Serbian, Bosnian Serbian War in Yugoslavia. I don't know. There, yep. And the Croatia. You had all four. There's a lot of problems on. there. There's a lot of issues there. Yes, there were. Who are we, though? Who are we? <laughs> to even yes, yes talk about what they were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know ask us about history a couple thousand years before that once i get the book out I'll, all right good good, good. i'll correct um, that wrong yeah, um, yeah but so he writes from a first-hand experience that's, yeah that's all i wanted to say yeah <laughs> absolutely okay so uh ascribe value uh -huh. um Actively, can I can I sort of scoot through these so we can yes, get to yes, those yes, questions? Yes, 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 yes. Um, oh, actively wow. pursue. So I want to like this idea of receive him, yeah. which I would argue is the um, my the primary call of the letter uh, is is not um, it's not passive. Yes. It's active. Yes. It's like like go after him, meet him, yeah, and is, welcome him. This is where you re you reference the the prodigal son, the, prodigal, the, yeah. The, the, I mean the or the prodigal dad, right? Yeah, <laughs> the father totally. coming after and pursuing the son, yep. not just 
passively sitting back receiving. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's a great observation. So we absorb the cost, and I think there's a question about this. So I'm going to yes, leave that okay. there a okay. little bit. Okay. Yes. Um, and and then we anticipate refreshing as like that's my that's the whole point that Jesus was yeah. aligning us with reality. This is better. It's better yeah, to forgive good. than it is to hold on. That's good to bitterness. But one of the questions that I think we've both gotten a lot is about reconciliation. Yep. When to know when reconciliation is possible or even when it's a potential and when to pursue it and when mm -hmm. not to. Mm -hmm. So in reaching out to um, our therapist on our, our staff, who's just brilliant and so good. Um, her name's Kathy Morado. I said, mm -hmm. Kathy, I don't want to mess this up. When do you encourage people to to pursue reconciliation, what things have to be in place mm -hmm. in order for reconciliation to be possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so here is what she said. Uh, the person must take genuine responsibility for the offense. Mm -hmm. They must repent and ask for forgiveness. So change their mind about what they did yep. and ask for forgiveness. And they must demonstrate true change. So that takes time. Yeah. And yet... Can I, I want to, I want to ask about this because here's where I, I think, I think what, what I would love to have Kathy here. I'd love to just ask her this question because I think that what Kathy's doing is, is setting up a, a, this is, this is a best case scenario. This is when we know it's safe mm -hmm. to forgive. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and especially for people who have been really, really hurt mm -hmm. and yet same time as I as I think about that, okay, and I think about even okay the story I told at the end, yep. which actually I kind of do a retelling of that story in tomorrow's daily fill devotional. Ooh, so don't miss that. You should uh, you can check sign that up out. online, exactly. if yep. you're not already signed up. Yes, um, this is it's it was interesting to me. I started thinking that didn't happen to my great grandmother, my nana. Who, who, you know, this, this woman came and sorry, you have to go back and listen. We don't have time to recap the story, but, um, you know, these things didn't happen. That, that woman never really said, oh, I'm so sorry for what mm -hmm. I've done. Cause, but then one of the next points that you had, had to do with, um, had to do with us coming at times. We've got to go more than halfway. Right. And when we do that, we're absorbing some of the costs, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so um, this is definitely, these are, these rules are, are, I mean, these rules, these, uh, these requirements in a sense for reconciliation are definitely safe, but at times I feel like Christians are called and, and I think we have to be sensitive to the spirit in this. Of course, this is not, none of these are rules hard and fast, right? Oh, but, no. And Kathy wouldn't say that either. Of course, yeah. of course not. <clears throat> but at times, I think the the powerful stories are when people kind of break those rules a little bit mm -hmm. and still decide to reconcile, to take those first steps. The, these would be rules that I would encourage people to follow if they've been physically harmed. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Physically abused, emotionally abused, um, and or if they're in the place where they're going, I don't feel like uh, I'm in the place where I could be wronged uh, again and, and yeah. still be okay. That's right? really good. That's really so good. these are ways to set up very clear boundaries that help you protect yourself. Right. That's good. Yeah. Um, now other people may not need quote unquote, need them quite as much. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're able to say, you know, if they wrong me again, I'll be okay. Mm. And I'm going to take that risk. Mm -hmm. Right. But 
these I think are really helpful for people who would say, I can't have that happen again. And mm. so I'm going to protect myself and still want to move forward, mm. still want to have an open heart, but I can't be in the place where I get taken up advantage yeah. of again like that. Yeah. So yeah. abuse, physical, emotional, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's sense? absolutely, absolutely does. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that does. And as I think about it, um, here's where the story of my grandmother, um, I even said in the story that the tables were turned all of a sudden. Yeah, they were. And that, that turning of tables, like, right. Of, of, you know, there's a, when there's a power, differential right um when you're in a place of vulnerability it's hard to lead the way towards towards reconciliation yeah but when you, it's the other way around mm -hmm. when you're the one with the societal what influence and whatever it is even the money right or whatever the power in that situation it's easier to be the one to to reconcile and that's why philemon gets uh, this letter right? that's exactly why see there you go yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. So there's some good questions. Okay. There's some really you, good questions. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's go. Okay. There's a, there's some really long questions. So I'm going to try to, to okay. summarize some of these a little bit. Um, and so let's, let's go back to what, um, this definition, right? Um, uh, oh yeah, let's, let's start there. Um, the definition of forgiveness, um, okay. Forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from an obligation uh, to you that is a result of wrong done against you okay that was that was the definition you said Can, okay they're asking for for some uh some examples um of what an obligation to you might mean okay yeah that's a good question i think so if we go back to the, let's just go back to old covenant old testament law yeah they had a law called lex talionis which meant an eye for an eye tooth for a tooth Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you wrong me and it was just their, simply their way of saying, I get to pay you back mm -hmm. in whatever way you've hurt me. So if you if I lose my eye because of you, yep. uh, you lose yep. your eye because of me. Yep. Essentially, whatever you do to me, I get to do back to you. And um, so we can roll that into if somebody steals money from you, yeah. then they you would get it you would owe be owed it back right oh naturally um, yeah if Same someone enough. you know manipulates you and you know what fill in the blank mm -hmm. we could do this in a number of different ways mm -hmm. if someone lies to you and hangs mm -hmm. you out right you can do the same thing to them Got that make it, it even right yeah eye for an eye lex talionis well what what we're saying forgiveness is is that even if somebody wounds you and and takes your eye as it were that in forgiveness you're saying you don't owe me yours. Yeah. You don't owe me yours. So if if yeah. you've stolen money from me, you don't you don't owe it to me anymore. I'm absorbing the cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so here's I guess let me I'm trying to summarize. There's about three paragraph question here. Yeah. That I kind of want to summarize. Basically, it comes down to this. Um, um, there's people who've been so hurt. Mm -hmm. Kind of emotionally i mean the word here is egregiously is what this questioner is asking um it has been it's been bad um okay he recognizes that someone has forgiven you know that the bible tells us to forgive um continually forgive but um he he points out that it seems like the person is asking for forgiveness all right you know if they come to you and ask for forgiveness then 
you forgive. But there's often situations where people people don't recognize. They don't think that they've done anything wrong. Well, I mean, there's also situations where people that have wronged you um, may no longer be alive. Absolutely. So absolutely, if we limit forgiveness to the people that ask for it, Hmm. um, we really have the potential to harbor bitterness. And so there is no way, uh, there's, there's nowhere that to forgive, um, that the condition of offering forgiveness is that somebody would ask for it. Now, certainly we, we would offer it if someone asked for it, Okay, but, um, that's that's not a biblical condition for forgiveness. I would say that it is a condition for reconciliation Got it. because they need to be willing to name the wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like you can't reconcile with somebody that's no longer alive, but you can forgive them. Yeah. Right. All right. So that's good. That's where I would land on that. I, I don't know. You, you can feel free to yeah. um, add hmm. to that if you'd like, but that's sort of where I would land on it. Yeah. I, you know, uh, it, and yet the, the, what they're getting at is that it's so hard to, <laughs> and I mean, maybe they're even, they're kind of even asking, um, why is it so hard for for us to do? I mean, the people asking this question, I know them. I know them pretty well. They're, I mean, they're, they they love the Lord. They are no like no doubt. Um, they're faithful as can be. Yeah. Um, and yet, kind of getting that, Ryan. Like, why is it so hard? Because there's a cost. Because there's a cost. Okay. I I think it's hard huh. because we we know, on some level that in order to really forgive and so that's why i tried to unpack what's the cost yeah yeah um we have we give up the right to be angry okay we give up the right for the dream of revenge and we give up the Uh, right that they're they have to pay us back and that is a challenging yeah cost to pay and that's that that emotional psychological cost that we pay with in forgiveness but i think that's why Hmm. um and i could be wrong on that but the reason that it's been challenging for me, because I've walked through some similar things, like like, like it's, it sounds like you're referring to that they walked to, through, that that that's when it was challenging, so challenging for me is going, man, Lord, how do I? What does it look like to say I'm not giving myself the right to be angry anymore? Hmm. Because sometimes that anger is the very thing, or revenge is the very thing that builds a a wall up around our heart to say, I will not get hurt again. Yeah. Right. And so if I break that down, even if I don't give them access to it, if yeah. I break that down, yeah, um, I am losing my ability to control what happens to me. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get into that as much. Um, although it may have been helpful to get into that, but there's a fear if, if I forgive Am I vulnerable Am I gonna, to be wounded yep. again? Yep. Am I setting myself up to be wounded and hurt? And I mean, I guess in some ways, in some ways we are. I mean, or at least we can't control that we won't be. Yeah. And that's right? that's, that's C.S. Lewis's argument about love in general. In general, right? it is always. But that's, yeah. and I think this is part of Brene Brown's work. I forget which book oh. she talks about this in, but that's what happens when we build the wall around our heart. Uh, it doesn't just prevent us from getting hurt. It also prevents us from being from able to love. Loved. Absolutely. And that is the devastating nature of bitterness 
it builds that wall, but it works both ways. Mm -hmm. We can't turn it off and, and turn it back on. Mm -hmm. Oh man. That's good. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think uh, that maybe Gwen's quote, that's Gwen's it, quote here. Gwen's, Let's put Gwen's, Gwen's comment there. Oh, oh so good. Forgiveness gives freedom to the person who is forgiving, regardless if the offender asks for forgiveness or not. That's so true. In fact, man, Gwen, uh, if I can, I mean, Gwen said this much more eloquently. Um, I'm going to summarize something. She even, she even pointed out how reconciliation, mm -hmm. um, even when two people don't reconcile or yep. can't reconcile for some reason that they're still, and she's getting that this idea that you were, you were, we were talking about is that, that we're still reconciled with God in a sense mm -hmm. when we forgive, mm -hmm. see that, that, that a wrong done between two people is not just two people. Right. It's really God is involved in this Yes, and that God is hurt when we hurt other people right. because he doesn't just, you know, make up rules and laws and all those things yep. just for the sake of laws. It's because he doesn't like other people getting hurt. Right. And so he's in this loop. And so that there's there can always be reconciliation. It's just not necessarily with the people. Right. But but God can be reconciled when we do that. I mean, I thought that was a yes. great observation, Gwen. So good. Um, so good. Yeah. Yep. Um <laughs> And I think Jesse, Jesse's quoting, is that Nirvana? I, yeah, what I think all apologies would ask, what else could I be? Yeah, I think Jesse, that's a <laughs> wow, Nirvana. That was a good catch right there. That yeah, was Nirvana, was, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And does that mean that it's a, um, that we all become apologists? <laughs> all right, that's enough. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Um, all right, wait, there was another question here. Oh, yes. Um, okay, and I know we're. We're running low, low on time, but this is good. Um, okay, here's here's the question. Um, okay, obviously, um, reconciliation is like a. Um, I mean, it takes two people, and that, mm -hmm. there's a there's coming together in that. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness, not necessarily, mm -hmm. but for forgiveness to be real, is does it need any? I mean, not is it ideal? If there's any personal contact, do we need to tell somebody that they we've forgiven them? Yeah, I think it, I think the um, the twelve step process. Ah, I yeah, think, yeah, I, yeah. And I, if I'm remembering it correctly, is that you do so, uh, you offer forgiveness to them, so long as it wouldn't be damaging to them, right? So yeah, if you're the one who's wrong. If you've, the, yeah, if you're the one who's done the wrong, you're making amends. And Correct. This, right? Yeah, if yeah. you're the ones who 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 is wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, now, if you're on the other side, I would I would say the same thing applies. Ah, that's right? interesting. That's interesting. That, yeah. Um, really, forgiveness is it takes one. It's between you and God, and um, at times there may be it may not hurt the other person. It may not um, detract from the process. And so, if so, yeah, I'd say reach out. Yeah. Sometimes it can instigate more though. If the person doesn't think they're wrong. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, I forgive you for the way that you've wronged me. And you're like, <laughs> you're can not... we talk about that? Where did I wrong? That's, I, in fact, that's where this, this, these questioner goes, which is a bunch of great questions is thinking in the same lines. Cause you know, what happens when the offending party, um, <laughs> which is funny that in the question, it assumes that there's an offense, right? Mm -hmm. So in their perspective, mm -hmm. the offending party, we keep seeking forgiveness, but the offended party does not care. And begrudges all the time. So now, now it's the offended party. 
So, okay, offending or offending. I'm not sure which one. So one person's offended. Basically, if the other person doesn't want to forgiveness at all, um, is that can can you still forgive? Right. Well, I would say that probably we're categorically in re- talking about reconciliation there. Yeah. Um, and so I would go back to the four step process, a three step process for reconciliation and taking genuine responsibility for the offense and repentance and asking for forgiveness. So I would say, no, yeah. there cannot be reconciliation there, but there can be forgiveness. And but forgiveness only takes one. Hmm. Yep. I, yeah, I think that's, I think, so I think that, that's where those categories have to be. We do. Um, it's helpful if they're clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing, so there's levels of this, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, and I, you know, I'm guessing if a parent, if a parent dies or a, a loved one dies of any kind that, that you had an issue of unforgiveness with, that that's going to hurt more mm-hmm. than if it was resolved and reconciled. Right. In, yes. a, in a sense, but each of these, there's a gradation of it, right? You can you can forgive and it frees you. Yeah. But you can forgive and it can like begin restoring a relationship. And that that's even better. Or you can forgive and it can lead all the way to complete reconciliation, right? There, there's a there's there all sorts of gradation there. Yeah. yeah, there's all sorts of steps in between mm-hmm. that um I think that uh, God's heart is always in the reconciliation when possible when possible right and that and you know oh man someone someone asked this question you know because i i the idea of i could see how the idea of heaven could be the idea of god's forgiveness could be painful to some people Mm -hmm. who someone has wronged them in this life so bad and yet they're a believer Mm-hmm. So I know one day I'm going to have to see that person. Mm-hmm. I'm if, you know, I could see people saying it so harshly that if that person's in heaven, I don't want to be mm-hmm. right because they've been hurt so bad. And yeah. yet there's all sorts of unforgiveness going on there. And yet at some point, it seems like reconciliation will happen. Yeah. And I, ah. and my guess is we'll also go oh my goodness i i heard that person pretty deeply yeah oh deep breath right right yeah so i think it'll probably cut both ways a little (laughs) bit more than we think it does now not me we're not in the community (laughs) of sinners yeah oh no that's right (laughs) well let me let me use that quote to transition us uh, okay because you brought a a, a book that man by the way great conversation but we are we are running low on time, and so great questions. And I'll respond yes. to the email with a more complete answer to some of those. There you go. Okay, Ryan brought a book, and while you're pulling out that book and talking about it, Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond. There was a question to put those um, those notes in the um, Kathy's notes there in the chat. I'm gonna add those while you are bringing up that book. All right, the book is called Exclusion and Embrace. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit of um, what I would say is the one of the quintessential theological works on forgiveness. It is by Miroslav Volf. And uh, like I said, I (laughs) like I like I stumbled stumbled through. Uh, He is a Croatian and he writes out of his own firsthand experiencing uh, experience of teaching in Croatia during the war in former 
Yugoslavia. There you go. Okay. Yes, it is. It is. A... I think the Serbians were involved in some way. Uh, yeah. Well, they're right there. They're right there. So yes. Um, the, so this is a fairly theological work. Uh, it's uh, not exactly easy reading, but it is well hmm. worth it. He talks about the power of naming the wrong, that that's uh, an essential part of forgiveness and reconciliation. Um, his was the quote that we read about excluding ourselves from the community of sinners yes, while we exclude yes. others from the community of humans. And just a, if you want to dig deep into the theology of forgiveness, there is uh, no better work than I know of. That being said, nice. this book isn't for everybody. This is not a quick read. It's not an easy no, read. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Wow. Um, what I would say is that if you'd like uh, more of a, like a lay level type version of this book, uh, of exclusion and embrace. He wrote one, it's called free of charge, uh, giving and forgiving in a culture stripped of grace. It's also by Miroslav Wolf. And, uh, if you'd like one, that's maybe a little bit easier to read, this is the work for you. So, um, but, but Miroslav Wolf has sort of given his, life and theological work to the issue of forgiveness, I think, because it was so close to his own heart. And um, his his work has been a gift to the church at large. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that we've touched on this, that it is so central to what it be, means to be people of grace. Yeah. Right. Is to be people who offer it to others. Um, it's unmerited favor. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's especially powerful when you've been wronged and here uh, a guy that uh, has experienced so much wrong yeah. can really speak of that in a powerful way. So, so uh, you know, I, I think this, like I said, this has been a, a this has been a great study. It's been a great study for me. Yeah, me um, I know it's been one for you that, that, that this is, uh, this is so much a part of what it means to live in the way of Jesus with his heart. This has always been his heart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so as we do so, um, it's, it's our prayer that, that you would enter into this and even into the hard conversations, asking the tough questions about this, like this, this couple that's asking these, oh my goodness. Um, they're, they're, they're entering into the process. I think we talked about last week. It doesn't seem like there's a, you know, that forgiveness has to happen right away. Um, but entering into that, beginning the process, starting to think about, I mean, this is all a part of the process of, the, yeah, the first the step for some might be just uttering the prayer through gritted teeth. Uh, I, I want to forgive. Oof, oof. I'm not there, but I want to, uh, That's yeah. and that may be where some of you, um, start is by saying, God, I, I don't want it, but I want to want it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you just said, even just the recognition to God, I don't want this sometimes yeah. is what, where we need to start even. And, uh, and it's a recognition that, um, gosh, ugh. naming that, man, my bitterness makes me feel safe. Yeah. God. Yeah. Show me what it looks like yep. to forgive. Yeah. So. Well, yep. Jessica says that's where I'm at. Not, man, we, we're, we're praying for you all um, in this and uh, we're praying that we can be a church of forgiveness yeah. that offers it to the world that, that, I mean, really that values others, that pursues, you know, others that, mm -hmm. that they can be, um, they can be people that are refreshed yeah. because of forgiveness. Cause, Oh, wouldn't that be great to be a, a, in a community that is forgiving 
that is gracious and uh it would be a refreshing place to be. I think it's the way Jesus describes the church. That's right. So that's right. May his kingdom come and will be done. Ah, amen to that. All right, everybody. Well, with that, we will say goodbye and we hope to what? see you next time. Next oh. week. Next week is Caleb. Oh, next week. Thank you. That's right. Next week it'll be a different time. So uh next week it will we will be on uh Facebook and on YouTube. Um, it won't say vitology though. So uh that it'll it'll say messy grace and uh, part of our growth track series. And so um, uh, you can, it will be a part of a podcast. If you're listening there, we will get that up, the audio up of that as soon as possible. And uh, we look forward to having you there. It, it, you can always join us. It's better. It's better when you're there. Uh, so we'd love to have you join us. Um, but if you want to watch us online, that would be great as well. And uh, next to, next week, Wednesday night at 630 here in the worship center or online or here or here on facebook or youtube on, yeah, or exactly. podcast on on yeah. yes that's what i mean yes all right everybody well god bless you yeah, have a great day